I'm back. Did you miss me? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to what I like to think is the very highly anticipated brand new season of They Made Their Way to the Ring. Wow, okay, so three things really, real quick. First off, I wanted to show my gratitude again. I can't believe I've actually planned and began work on this another season, season three. And it's quite literally because of you. You tell me you want more, so I'll give you more. No Britney Spears pun intended there. I get it. There's hundreds, probably thousands of wrestling podcasts out there. And that's what I'm thankful for. To have the opportunity to be one of those thousands of hosts. But more importantly, thankful for you. Because if you didn't listen, there'd be no reason to keep creating, to keep coming back. Secondly, I like to reflect. I I do it often. We've left behind 23 packed episodes and I've hit my 600 stream target. 600. Let that sink in for a moment. I'm not from the big city. There's no air and opportunity here. I'm tucked away in the countryside of a very small town. Nothing happens here, especially nothing wrestling related. It's a first. I've been heard in 26 countries worldwide. It's crazy to think. People in the US, in France, Germany, Spain, India, in New Zealand, Saudi Arabia, and even Puerto Rico have heard my voice, my content. It's literally mind-blowing. And lastly, can I ask you all, please, to just pause for a second and check. Whether you're new to this podcast, you might have heard a couple of episodes, or you might never have missed a beat. Whichever category you're in, please pause for a second Go back on the streaming platform you're listening on and just check that you've smashed that follow button. Leaving ratings and reviews really helps me. It helps my show get noticed and it helps to give me opportunities to bring cool extras to this show. And if you want to, take a screenshot of the episode, tag me, and I'll post it on X for my followers, the show's followers, and I'll also tag the talent I'm talking about. Let's keep generating that buzz. Let's keep talking. Let's keep grinding to make this show one of the best of its kind. So, with all that cleaned up, what can you expect this time around, I hear you ask? Well, you probably didn't ask that. I just like to think that you asked that. Just so I can give an answer and reveal a little spoiler that I have. I have a list of legendary names, some of the most memorable and iconic names in the world of women's wrestling to talk about in the upcoming episodes. I've thought about maybe even delving deeper, sort of like a remake of some of the season one episodes I created. They're short and I didn't quite cover everything I could have. The reason for that was, as I said before, I didn't plan on getting past episode one. And it is pretty tough, you know, to do a podcast to essentially talk to yourself. It it takes practice. It, it, yeah, it's not easy. So I'm toying with that idea. And for episode two of this new season, I'm going to bring you a little Q&A I had with a former WWE diva. Now, it isn't recorded, I know, maybe next time, but it's still something to celebrate. The podcast is growing. It's entering its own evolution. So with all that said and done, it's back. The podcast is back. I'm back. And this is They Made Their Way to the Ring. Today I celebrate another former WWE diva, a gimmick queen, a singing diva who was so good at being bad. 
This diva captured the Divas Championship with an upset victory and would go on to have one of the shortest reigns in WWE history. She debuted a fixer in her early career, but would go on to be one of the strongest competitors in the women's division. For the first time this season, making her way to the ring from Louisville, Kentucky, Jillian! Jillian Faye Fletcher, born in 1980 in Kentucky, was always meant to be an entertainer. She made a wrestling debut on the independent circuit in 1989, aged just 19. She would dominate the indies for a number of years where she would win numerous championships before heading for OVW, a developmental brand for WWE where she would wrestle under a real married name, Jillian Hall. Jillian would be featured on OVW TV predominantly from 2003 to 2005 with one dark match spilling over into late 2006 against Beth Phoenix. She would have multiple matches against a number of opponents. And I went back over some of these and I have to say, she can wrestle. One match I'd urge you to go back and find is Jillian versus Victoria, the former women's champion. A match that took place almost 20 years ago in 2004. Now, I liked many things about this match, but one thing that stood out was Jillian's entrance music. Britney Spears, toxic. Just, just brilliant. The match had many highs and also featured OVW's first ever wardrobe malfunction timeout during a match and a three count win reversal after the ref realised Victoria's foot was on the rope, which should have broken the pin. Hall took issue with this, arguing with the ref's decision and putting hands on him until Victoria hit the widow's peak for the one, two, three. Jillian no doubt had something to prove out there that night and although she took the loss, she proved it. She belonged in the world of professional wrestling. Jillian's big break would come in 2005 when again we saw another unique debut in women's wrestling. Before the psycho fan breakout like Rosa Mendez and before the wedding planner debut from Alicia Fox, we got Jillian Hall, the fixer. Now, I was going to tell you a mole joke, but I won't because it's politically incorrect. Did you like that? I bet some of you did. Running it back to 2005, some 19 years ago, the Divas division as it was then was a whole other kind of landscape. We weren't getting the matches we have now. We didn't have multiple championships, Diva ladder matches, the Elimination Chamber or a Royal Rumble. We got nothing like that. The best we got was the iconic steel cage match in November 2004 between Lita and Victoria and the following month Lita and Trish were the first two women to main event Raw and it was a match for the women's championship. The Divas getting moments like these were in desperate short supply. In 2005 the roster boasted some big names, names I've not yet mentioned. Talent like Molly Holly, Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, Ivory, Christy Hemi, and newer talent like the Diva Search contestants, you know, people like Maria, Candice Michelle, Ashley, you know, names like Mickey James, Melina, and more. Jillian Hall debuted on the SmackDown brand in July of 2005. She was introduced to Nitro and Mercury by their manager, Melina, as their fixer. The idea was to bring Jillian in to fix Eminem's image, someone who could get them back on top so to speak. Now why she debuted with this stupid gimmick, the mole on her face, I have no idea. I mean it did come into the story a little further down the line but it made no sense to me. Just another crazy Vince McMahon idea. 
Gillian, on her first night, had Melina booked into a match against her current rival, Tori Wilson. Gillian said Tori would have Candice Michelle ringside for the match, so she would be in Melina's corner. So, all in her first night, she got Melina a match, accompanied her to the ring, and got physical at the end of the match, pulling Candice Michelle from the apron. Was this WWE's newest, hottest acquisition? Gillian's partnership with Eminem didn't last too long, and she was later propositioned by JBL, who asked her the question, You're the fixer, right? JBL, for the very first time, said he was asking for help. He needed her to repair his image, and Gillian was more than happy to assist. During this time, she entered a first feud with She Got Legs, Stacey Keebler. The feud resulted in a match on WWE's secondary television program, Velocity. Gillian picked up the win by a cheating rope-assisted pin, and this was Keebler's last match in WWE. From here, JBL's feud with the Boogeyman had Gillian involved a lot more than she wanted to be. She was terrified of this man, as if filling her skirt with worms wasn't bad enough. In January 2006, this man, this, this monster from the bottomless pit, ate, that's right, ate the mole from Gillian's face. The blemish, as she called it. He chewed up the mole which featured in every episode of SmackDown she appeared in. It was a constant, always focused upon. I mean, the divas reacted to it, the commentators talked about it, the cameramen zoomed in on it, but now the mole was no more. Boogeyman ate Gillian's blemish. That sounds all kinds of wrong. Moving on. From this point, things got worse for Gillian. JBL fired her as his fixer, but losing that gig turned into a positive for her. She became a fan favourite. This led to more in-ring action in the form of a brown panties match with Crystal and she then began a feud with former partner Melina. Gillian teamed with Brian Kendrick and Paul London to defeat Eminem in six-person mixed tag action and again in a first pay-per-view match, Judgment Day. It was a controversial win. Melina had a hand on the ropes and the ref just didn't see it. But nevertheless, a controversial win is still a win. Gillian was trained by Fit Finley and Lance Storm to name a couple, so she was in very good hands. Throughout the rest of 2006, Gillian was very back and forth with her opponents and tag partners. Between Ashley, Michelle McCool and Crystal, we didn't know who were friends or foes. The only reason I can think of is that they didn't know which direction to take Gillian. Would she be best suited as a heel or a babyface? And maybe it was kind of like an experimental phase. Starting in January 2007, it would seem her direction was found. Gillian would be the new heel in the Divas division. She began a storyline with 2005 Diva Search winner Ashley, who had a Playboy cover unveiling coming soon. And Gillian, well, she took issue with it. The pair had many TV matches, with Ashley, the newest Playboy cover girl, mostly coming out the winner. At the No Way Out pay-per-view in February, a Divas talent contest took place. The Miz hosted a contest which would feature divas from Raw, SmackDown and ECW. Out first, we saw Extreme Expose perform a dance routine and Gillian, out next, would sing. Or attempt to sing, I should say. A Gillian original, as she called it. A song she had written herself and the crowd hated it. It was TV comedy. The song was Sliced Bread, her soon-to-be entrance theme. You know the one. You know you want me, you can't, oh, that's enough. Gillian began running her mouth and out next came the rest of the competitors, Candice Michelle, Maria and Ariel. They'd waited long enough 
and the seven women brawled. Now, to break up the pandemonium, Ashley's music hit. The pyro erupted and she revealed a little bit more than a Playboy cover and new entrance theme. And with that, she closed the segment. From here, Gillian and Ashley would have another match on SmackDown with Gillian taking the loss. Ashley would then switch her goals up a notch, but still kept Gillian in the background. She began a rivalry with the WWE Women's Champion Melina from Raw. This was a cross-branded rivalry. Gillian teamed with Raw's Victoria and Champion Melina to take on the former Playboy cover girls Raw's Candice Michelle and Tori Wilson and SmackDown's newest Playboy cover girl Ashley in six diva tag team action. This match was a taste of what was to come later that week. The first ever Lumberjill match for the WWE Women's Championship at WrestleMania 23, which Gillian was ringside for, supporting the champ Melina. In June 2007, Gillian's presence on Monday Night Raw would become more of a permanent measure when she was drafted to the Red Brand in the supplemental draft. Her heel persona and singing gimmick she brought along from SmackDown. Her first match was a tag team match. She teamed with Melina, still the WWE Women's Champion, to take on her rivals Candice Michelle and Mickie James. The only issue I had here, or the only question I should say, why was Gillian being treated like the mid-carder? I don't think she was. You know, the woman to put others over. We'd seen Gillian in OVW on SmackDown. This was a woman who could get the crowd behind her. She had a good skill set. A skill set which, in my opinion, had, had suddenly become downgraded. And a woman who I think really could have been a powerhouse like Beth Phoenix. Still, Melina and Gillian picked up the win here, with Melina getting the three count on Mickey. It was the only outcome that made sense. Melina was headed to Night of Champions later that week to put a title on the line against Candice and it would have made no sense for her to lose momentum here and take the loss at the pay-per-view, which she did. Now, if I was in charge of booking or storylines, I'd have had Melina out with a storyline injury after she lost the title at Night of Champions and named Gillian the next challenger. A storyline which would take a couple of months. I'd have her drop the singing gimmick and become the new muscle on Raw. Giving the fans time to get heat on Gillian, I would have had a loser first shot, maybe due to disqualification or interference, then finally dethrone Candice and become new women's champion and give her at least one credible title run. But since I'm not in charge of booking, let's see what happened next. Well, Gillian wouldn't be seen on Raw for three weeks until she teamed with a returning Beth Phoenix to take on Mickey James and new women's champion Candice Michelle. What a powerhouse tag team that was, Beth and Gillian. Again, Gillian took the loss in this match. Now, I know it made sense. Beth had returned and was obviously the next in line for the title, so she couldn't take the pin. And the champion had to keep aboard the momentum train, but I just hated Gillian's booking. If there had been a title over on SmackDown at this point, I would have rather she stayed there and was built as a serious contender. But that's just me. After this match, Gillian, Beth and Melina attacked the champion and Mickey made the save. Another three weeks later, Gillian was back on Raw. We got another six diva tag match. It was Beth Phoenix, Melina and Gillian versus women's champion Candice Michelle, Mickey James and Maria. And this time Gillian was involved in the final moments. She and Melina, with the ref distracted, delivered an illegal double team move on Maria which allowed Melina to pick up the win for her team. Now, Gillian's next match would finally be a singles match against Mickey James the following week on Raw. 
and with a few cheap shots, she picked up the win. But it was after the match that we saw something rarely seen. Lillian Garcia was unsettled by the look on Gillian's face. She kept asking, what? What is your problem? Now, was something about to unfold? The next pay-per-view to come around was SummerSlam in August 2007, a tri-branded Divas Battle Royal, one of my favourite matches in Divas history. So, let me set the scene. Lillian Garcia introduced the match, something like this. The following is the WWE Divas Battle Royal. The winner will receive a future women's championship match. Now in this match, the only way to be eliminated is to be thrown out of the ring with both feet hitting the floor. Now ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the WWE Women's Champion, Candice Michelle. She made her way to the ring holding the title proudly above her head, coming down the ramp singing, raise your hands up. She was showing what the Divas really came to fight for, the gold. Now. Back to Lillian, well, me really. And now, please welcome the Divas representing Raw. First, Maria, Beth Phoenix, Malena, Jillian Hall, and Mickey James. And the Divas representing SmackDown, Tori Wilson, Victoria, Crystal, and Michelle McCool. And the Divas representing ECW, Extreme Expose, featuring Layla, Kelly, and Brooke. Then we cut to the ring to see the Divas, and we see Melina's face as she looks to Maria. Damn, if looks could kill. First off, one question. Why did the Divas come out to Tori Wilson's theme? Because I remember thinking, oh no, is this her last match? Like... If she came out first, I could understand, but she didn't. It was Maria. The thing I would have changed would be to have them enter separately with their own themes. It would have been a nice touch, but the diva days were difficult. The match was good. It didn't feel too rushed. There was plenty of time to get done what needed to be done. The women had one job, and that was to get Beth over. Make it feel, you know, like she was the biggest threat. And Tori and Michelle did just that at the end of the match. Jillian had a good showing and managed to get two eliminations. But I always remember Jerry Lawler in JR's commentary. The king asking JR, she sings like a bird, doesn't she? He replied, a vulture. But that's technically still a bird. Those two legends nailed the one-liners. But it wasn't always very nice on Jillian's part. But during the match, she looked strong. She got the second elimination of the match when she speared Maria off the apron and then she had a hand in eliminating Kelly Kelly from ECW. Being eliminated herself in sixth place from Tori Wilson, Gillian was gone and her dream of becoming the champion shattered. For the rest of 2007, Gillian would mostly be featured in tag matches and compete against her rivals Mickey James, Maria, Kelly Kelly and Candice Michelle. Her next pay-per-view stop came at Survivor Series in November 2007, a 10-diva tag team match. Jillian teamed with Layla, Melina, Victoria and women's champion Beth Phoenix the Glamazon to take on Mickey James, Maria, Michelle McCool, Tori Wilson and Kelly Kelly. Again, this was a fun match. It could have gone on a little longer, but I enjoyed it all the same. 
Jillian did get a couple of spots in the match, facing the likes of Maria and Kelly Kelly, but ultimately her team took the loss when Mickey hit the long kiss goodnight on Melina for the three count. In December 2007, Jillian got an opportunity of a lifetime. She got to share the ring with two legends in the business, two women who paved the way. On December the 10th, Raw aired a special video package, a Raw flashback as it were. It showed the divas. We saw images of women like Medusa, Stacey Keebler, China, Sable, Ashley and more. Chris Jericho was then featured in the package and he said, originally you had the divas that were basically just female wrestlers. Then they kind of started making this transition where they got pretty girls in. Matt Hardy then said, the first diva that stood out was Sonny and Mick Foley said she was the pioneer. Then you had all these girls kind of coming in and walking down the path that she paved. The package then focused on divas like Lita, then Trish, Stacey, Candice Michelle, Tori Wilson, Ashley, Layla, Maria and more. Trish closed the segment out with her comments and we cut to the ring and out comes Jillian. She wants to promote her album. That's right, her album. She is the only diva with a Christmas album coming out exclusively on iTunes. And she named it A Jingle with Jillian. And I have to say, it did quite well. Jillian begins screeching the 12 days of Christmas, but not for long. The infamous laugh and moan hit and the trons light up. Trish Stratus is here. Jillian said, I wasn't done yet, actually. Trish replied saying, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry to interrupt your little song thing or whatever. But I gotta say, it's Raw's 15th anniversary and I'm so excited to be back. Seriously, to see everyone like... Lillian and King and 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 Jillian and an an album really no that's great I mean it's so weird I, congratulations by the way it's just weird because I'm back there right and I'm like oh my god it's really bad Jillian says I guess it's true some things never change right maybe you are or maybe you aren't the biggest superstar in raw history but one thing's for sure, you definitely get the award for biggest ego in WWE history. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Then out comes Lita. Is she here to shut Jillian down too? Or take out the Trish trash? Either way, the crowd is loving this moment. Jillian says, what do you think of that Trish? It's Lita. The legends get face to face. Jillian is screeching in the background. Go on, Lita, smack her. Come on, do something, smack her. Lita then grabs the mic, turns to Jillian and says, hey, 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 it's not just your singing that sucks. It's the sound of your voice. It's really, really bad. So just shut up, okay? Jillian, visibly angry, says, okay, you two has-beens. Nobody wants to see you. This is my show. And she pushes apart the two former women's champions. She begins to sing again, but both women have had enough. Punch after punch, they then throw the siren out of the ring and put a stop to the primal screeching. In January 2008, Jillian would be featured in one of the matches I am so glad WWE left behind. A lingerie pillow fight. Yeah, enough said. For the next few months, Jillian would continue to be seen as nothing more than a backup for her partners, whether it be Melina, Beth Phoenix or Victoria. Then, in April of 2008, Backlash came around. 
It was the first time we'd ever had a 12 Diva tag team match at the event and I loved it. Any form of multi-diva match had me seated. The teams were Beth Phoenix, The Glamazon, Melina, Jillian, Victoria, Natalia and Layla versus the WWE Women's Champion, Mickey James, Maria, Ashley, Michelle McCool, Cherry and Kelly Kelly. There were so many things I liked about this match. I loved how the rosters were divided into good and bad then, literally as simple as that. I mean, the match also explored various feuds like Beth and Mickey, Natalia and Cherry, and Victoria and Michelle, to name a few. And of course, we got the finisher spot. One other memorable moment was Natalia being legal in the match, then sneak attack and Cherry stood on the apron. Natalia tagged out and Cherry ran to the opposite side of the ring, pulling her off the apron, causing all-out war at ringside. Then Jillian got the hot tag from Victoria to take on Ashley and in came another example of the comedy commentating we used to get. JR said, Thank God Jillian isn't singing. The King replied, She's a lot prettier with her mouth closed. Poor Jillian. This is a great match and for only $9.99 a month, for now, until it heads to Netflix, go check it out while you can. The next night, Raw delivered a 12 Diva Backlash rematch and this time the good Divas picked up the win. Over the coming months, Jillian will be used on Raw quite regularly in singles and tag team competition. I think she had around 12 matches between Backlash and Cyber Sunday and she lost all but one. Why was her booking so poor, I ask again. Jillian will be seen at Cyber Sunday along with 15 other Divas from Raw, Smackdown and ECW in a Halloween costume contest. And no prizes for guessing, Jillian, dressed as Batgirl, didn't pick up the win. The following month at Survivor Series, things didn't get any better. Although Team Raw, Jillian's team, won the match, she was eliminated with a roll-up by Maria. Not throwing shade at Maria, I just think a roll-up as a victory, especially at a pay-per-view, isn't great. Every diva had a finisher. A bulldog would have been believable to pin Jillian, but not a roll-up. The night after the night before, the 24th of November to be precise, Monday Night Raw came around. Beth, the WWE Women's Champion, Katie Lee and Jillian came to the ring for an advertised six diva tag match. Before the match, Beth got on the mic to boast of her win. She said, last night at Survivor Series, I led the Raw Divas to victory. Not only did we show our dominance over SmackDown, but I stood tall as the sole survivor on my team. Then Jillian interrupted. She said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I'm excited. I'm excited because in two weeks, the Slammy Awards are back. They're honoring, you know, the best, the brightest and the most talented of 2008. And I know I'm going to be nominated for a lot of awards. I mean, I'm really good and I want to prove it to you right now because I'm going to put together the best musical performance. You guys be my backup dancers, okay? The crowd were alive. Again, back to my point. Jillian can have the crowd eating out of the palm of her hand. Then Jillian does it. On Monday Night Raw, she kills Beyonce single ladies. You've got to give it to her. She knows how to draw a crowd. I never liked the gimmick. I feel she deserved better, but I liked what the crowd gave her. Attention. So, however silly it might have seemed, Jillian was winning. Now, do you remember this segment when Lillian interrupted the singing from Jillian and said, excuse me, this is how it's done, and started singing to the arena before giving Jillian a little hip bump, knocking her to the floor. 
Lillian's interactions and stories were too few and far between, but she always delivered when it was her turn. In late 2008, December to be precise, Gillian would be featured in a Six Diva Battle Royal, a battle royal to determine the number one contender for the WWE Women's Championship. Gillian had a 1 in 6 chance of picking up the victory, but looked set to be eliminated first by her rival Candice Michelle. Katie Lee saw Gillian in trouble on the outside of the ropes and tossed Candice over the top, eliminator in the process. Gillian then had only 4 divas to eliminate to secure the win. She then grabs Kelly, who is helping Melina to eliminate Katie Lee, and through the rope she goes. Another one bites the dust. Her chances were improving vastly. Was the gold in sight? By eliminating Kelly Kelly, this meant left in the match was Melina, Katie Lee, Mickey and Gillian all fighting for a shot at the champion Beth Phoenix. But this fairy tale would be cut short when Mickey James dumped Gillian and Katie over the top rope simultaneously and her chase for the women's championship was done. Now, skipping forward to 2009 and Gillian's showings on Raw were becoming more regular as were the wins when she tagged with the women's champion, the Glamazon, Beth Phoenix. On March the 30th, Raw advertised something that on paper sounded like every Diva fan's dream. Its biggest ever Divas tag team match, an 18 Diva tag match. Like I said, on paper, this ate. In reality, it flopped. It was so disappointing. Still, the teams were Alicia Fox, Brie Bella, Eve, Gail Kim, Kelly Kelly, Maria, the women's champion Melina, Mickey James and Tiffany versus Beth Phoenix, Gillian, Katie Lee, Layla, Divas champion Maurice, Michelle McCool, Natalia, Nikki Bella and Rosa Mendez. This match had so much potential. It was a chance to showcase what the women could do. There were two champions in the match from opposite brands. We had all manner of talent in the ring and it was the opening match. So, what could go wrong? The match featured, you ready? Only five women. Five out of 18. That's not good. Mickey, Gillian, Tiffany, Beth and Katie Lee. And the match, like many others, was won with a roll-up. Neither champion set foot in the ring. Imagine what that could have brought to the match. We didn't get Brie versus Nikki. Imagine Natalia and Gail Kim stepping foot between the ropes. Or, you know, Michelle McCool and Eve. What a missed opportunity that was. But I still stand by what I said. I will put respect on the term diva because those women, all of them and more, suffered this sort of treatment. Many of them not fulfilling their lifelong dreams. And, you know, they did that so the women of today can have these first evers. So they can escape steel cages, climb those ladders, be locked inside chambers, experience hell in a cell and hear that buzz in the rumble. At the end of this, well, what should have been an iconic match, before all hell broke loose, Santino came out and began talking trash. He claimed he was more dominant than all of these divas, including you, Beth, he said. He then began dancing in the ring. The divas gave him a beatdown before throwing him over the top rope where both feet hit the floor and this set the tone this set up WrestleMania 25, only six nights later. Santina, or Santino in drag, joined the match to make up the numbers and won. Man, the Divas have been done so dirty. What an opportunity that could have been for somebody. 
In October of 2009, well, actually for a lot of 2009, Monday Night Raw would feature some guest hosts. They would arrive on Raw and for one night only, book some matches, make some phone calls, essentially be the boss. On October the 12th, Mickey James would defend her Divas Championship against none other than Gillian Hall. Now, I, like many others, because I remember these moments well, you know, they just, they become etched in my memory. I thought, here we go, another quick match, another squash match. We've seen it before. Mickey will beat Gillian and still Divas Champion, but sometimes, I mean, very occasionally, WWE can catch us off guard. The bell rings and Mickey and Gillian locked up. Actually, can I just say how incredible Gillian looked in this era? The dark blue attire and the very blonde hair was a good look. She looked confident. She looked strong. She looked like she could hold a title. Mickey, on the other hand, Mickey looked pissed. Now, I'm not sure if this was a true reflection on how she felt. I don't know. But Mickey really looked like she wanted to be anywhere but there. To start the match, both Mickey and Gillian looked evenly matched, both with counters to each other's counters. Mickey hit the challenger with a Luthers press and got the crowd riled up. Then, hitting a big dropkick, Gillian was sent to the mat. Going for the pinfall, Mickey picked up only a one count. Picking Gillian up by the hair, the champion decided it was time to put the challenger away. Going for the Mick DDT, Gillian counted. Then, attempting a, finish of her, a finisher of her own with the face buster, Mickey returned the favour and Gillian again hit the mat. A jackknife cover and Mickey gets a two count. The champion attacks Gillian with a spinning gut kick before sending her to the corner. With a running attack impending, Gillian ducks down, sending Mickey heading toward the top turnbuckle, then grabs Mickey and hits a devastating powerbomb. And what's this? One, two, three. New champion, new champion! Gillian is the new Divas champion. Gillian shrieked, like absolutely shrieked. I genuinely think the reaction was real. She deserved this moment. She didn't, however, deserve what came next. Her music hits, Justin Roberts announces her as the new Divas Champion, and Gillian on her knees makes her way across the canvas. The ref approaches with the butterfly belt, and Gillian looks terrified. She actually backs away from the ref. It was like she had entered a state of total panic. I mean, we all had. Gillian was champion. For me, it worked. It felt right. I mean, did you feel the right decision was made? I'm sat here waiting like I'm expecting an answer. Title in a clutches, the ref raises the champion's hand. And of course, the King and Michael Cole try to take away her moment. They're over on commentary saying she had a foot on the ropes. She really got away with that. Gillian is champion. I mean, this momentous occasion wouldn't have been the same had Gillian not sang that victory song. I'll play you a clip now. <laughs> Joking. There was no singing, but there was a promo. Let me remind you. Mic in hand, Gillian said, sorry, Gillian shrieked, everybody, grab your cameras. Photographers, gather around and take a picture of me, your new Divas champion. Thank you, thank you. The only thing that would make this moment better is if I can sing my new favorite song and just in time, the guest host of Raw, Nancy O'Dell, with some not some nice news. Gillian, please, she said, before Justin had even finished announcing her arrival, I might add. 
Jillian, please, you have to stop. My ears are hurting so badly right now. I'm sorry to cut the celebration short. This this moment was so funny. Do you remember how horrified Jillian looked as Nancy's music hit? It was almost like, almost like she knew what was coming. Imagine that, guys. Jillian kept on trying to sing over the guest host trying to talk. Nancy informed Jillian that she made a phone call to the other GMs over the weekend and I made a major divas trade. The crowd wasn't very receptive of this news. There was little to no reaction at all. Nancy continued, Now, the good news for you is, you are staying on Raw. Jillian looks so happy. The bad news is that you have to defend your Divas title against Raw's newest acquisition right now. Jillian was in a state of disbelief once again. Her night was an absolute roller coaster. Who was a challenger? Well, she was someone who knew a thing or two about the paparazzi. Melina was back on Raw. Melina received a huge pop. The three-time women's champion was back and looking to capture the Divas Championship for the first time. Jillian was cradling her title like a baby. The ref tried to get the belt so the match could take place, but Jillian refused to hand it over. She kissed the belt. She screamed, heartbroken, it's mine. Please, she screamed, it's mine. I won it, it's mine. The bell rang and within seconds, Melina hit the sunset flip and that was it. Jillian's title reign was over. This will be the shortest Divas Championship reign in history. Five minutes or thereabout. It was just wrong for so many reasons. Imagine the stories we could have had. Jillian cheating her way out of every match. There could have been an Eva Marie scenario, an excuse each week to not defend the title. She could have been a crazy character doing anything she could to keep the belt. This was WWE's chance, their last chance to push Jillian as a serious competitor in the ring and they failed to capitalise. In my opinion, Jillian didn't deserve that. The following week on Raw, she had a rematch, another chance to win back the championship, but she failed again, and that would be the end of her chase for gold. 2010 would mark Gillian Hall's last active year with the company, and her win-loss record wasn't great. She had 24 matches and won only three of them. She was featured in some novelty matches, such as a triple threat summertime spectacular match, a Divas red carpet battle royal, a Baywatch babe triple threat tag, and a six-way Divas pyjama pillow fight. But one feud in particular I wanted to touch on in 2010 was a handicap feud, Jillian versus the Bella Twins. This aired on WWE's Superstars. It was essentially a three-part feud which aired over several weeks. The first match was Jillian versus Brie Bella. It was a great match, it entertained. The girls attempted twin magic but the ref leapt into action. He said, no, you are not doing this. Which one of you is legal? The twins, neither of them owning up, left the ref no choice. He ran his hand across the foreheads of the twins and said, You, you are all sweaty. Get back in the ring. Then, just as Jillian took control again, the ref backed her out of the corner and left enough time for the old switcheroo. And in came Nikki, with a quick counter followed by a roll-up. Nikki got the pin for her sister Brie and they came out with the win. The following week, Jillian would be given the opportunity to seek some revenge. She would go one-on-one, -on -one, this time with Nikki Bella. The twins out first and a recap was shown on how Twin Magic was successful the second time around last week, allowing the illegal woman in the match, Nikki, to get the pin for her sister Brie. Now, would Jillian get rid of the bitter taste in her mouth and pick up the win? 
or would the ref miss yet another trick? Gillian entered the arena next, storming down the ramp. You know, she she was on fire. She came with purpose. She said, no, not this time. Entering the ring, she looked like, well, like all hope had been lost. You know, I can't even do this, she said. I can't even do this. She turned and pointed to Nikki and said, after what you two did to me last week, I can't even sing. The arena went wild. The fans roared. The twins clapped and said thank you. Even the commentators celebrated. Poor Gillian. One important thing to mention in this match was the ability Gillian had. She fought hard. The punches looked real. The submissions looked to hurt. And the hair pulls, well, I'm surprised Nikki had any left. Gillian fought like the heel she had always played so well. I'm telling you, she could have been another Beth Phoenix. Mid-match, Nikki got a little bit of offense in, but for everything she used against her opponent, Gillian had an answer and flattened the Arizona girl. Up to the top rope, Nikki went, but Gillian was quicker. She pushed Nikki from the top and down to the outside, she fell. Seeing Brie by her sister's side, checking she was okay, made her realize it was now or never. So Gillian exited the ring, she attacked Brie, she attacked Nikki, but the mistake she made was leaving them both laid ringside. And guess what came next? That's right, another successful twin magic act. Both sisters rolled under the ring, then Nikki appeared. She slowly attempted to climb inside the ring, but with the ref's count at five, Gillian hit Nikki with a gut shot, sending her back to the floor. Then, out of nowhere, absolutely out of nowhere, came Brie Bella from behind, and for two straight weeks with a roll-up, the illegal Bella beat Gillian. Two weeks later, Gillian would face the twins again, this time in tag action. It would be Brie and Nikki versus Gillian and Maris. The blonde baddies came out first, followed by the Bellas, who received a huge pop. This match was fantastic. We had Gillian sing. What? I thought it was a great spot. I liked it. Then, Gillian attempted Maurice's hair flick, followed by the wink. I mean, let's be real. Nobody does it like Maurice. Not Kelly Kelly, not Gillian. But I have to say, her attempt, it was good. The funniest thing, however, was Gillian attempting twin magic with Maurice. The Bellas delivered a big face buster to the French Canadian and Gillian quickly rolled Maurice out of the ring and laid there in her spot, literally believing she could get away with it. Hats off to Gillian. What a character she is. It all ended when for the third time a roll-up cost Gillian the match and that chapter was closed. The Bellas 3, Gillian nil. The announcers said the matches were Raw's portion of WWE superstars, but honestly, it's not the same, is it? Speaking of the commentators, over the years, Gillian was dragged by them. In the match with Brie Bella, the King went on to say, again, she's much prettier with her mouth closed, and also asked if a walk on Broadway would do her good. Now, yes, I know it's all in the name of comedy, but I felt it just added to the comedic character they were having Gillian portray, rather than the serious threat she could be. This was a fun feud, a feud which I think deserved TV time on Monday Night Raw, and it could have catapulted all three women into a bigger spotlight. But we can't change the past. It was still an entertaining set of matches. The last memorable moment of 2010 was at the end of a six diva tag match on August the 2nd, a match which saw Eve Torres, Gail Kim and Natalia take on Gillian, Tamina and the reigning divas champion Alicia Fox. The match ended with Foxy getting the pin on Natalia, then a great promo began. 
Foxy grabbed the mic and said, You are all witnesses to the greatest reign in Divas Championship history. Whether it be a singles match, a tag team match, a battle royal, or a fatal four, I have beaten all of you. Yep, that's right, all of you. There isn't a diva on this whole roster that is comparable to me because I am the most dominant and cue Melina's music. She's back. The most interesting thing was when Alicia tried to escape the ring, but Jillian, of all people, Foxy's tag partner, threw her right back into the lion's den. This betrayal came as payback from a devastating axe kick from Fox during Jillian's singing celebration for her, the Divas Champion. I mentioned earlier that 2010 was the last active year for Gillian, and in October she announced she would be taking some time away from TV. She'd been assigned the role of a trainer for FCW, WWE's developmental brand. It was stated somewhere that Gillian's release came only a month after asking for some time away from TV. I mean, whether that was true, I don't know. I mean, look, I've been digging up stories and reports dirt sheets and interviews all over the place. I've done that much digging. I mean, call me the archaeologist, but I can't seem to find the source it came from. However, I have seen it somewhere. Take my word. In November, Gillian was released from a contract and WWE wished her well in her future endeavours. Let's hope she didn't get the black bag treatment. Upon leaving WWE, many people think that that was it for Gillian, but did you know she returned to the Indies and in 2012 she had a brief stint, a couple of appearances in TNA. She wrestled a dark match against a former WWE colleague and women's champion Victoria, known in TNA as Tara. Gillian picked up the win in this match and I saw it as, as kind of like a complete full circle moment. They wrestled in OVW, tagged in WWE, and wrestled again in TNA. Gillian returned to TNA in 2013 to take part in the tapings for the Knockout Knockdown One Night Only pay-per-view, where she was defeated by Velvet Sky. Now, speaking of full circle, what about 2021? Gillian's return that nobody saw coming. If I say Billy and Gilly, yeah, that's right, the fourth annual Women's Royal Rumble event. Gillian looked incredible. Entering the match at number 8, Gillian came out singing a sliced bread theme and was approached by Kay, who was actively looking for a partner, some help in the rumble. She formed a mini tag team with Billy Kay, Billy and Gilly, and lasted 8 minutes and 1 second. I say full circle as Gillian and Victoria returned on the same one night only event for this rumble they had fought years and years for. People always said, you know, I hated the singing gimmick. She's not good. But one thing everyone overlooked all the time was the crowd's reaction. Every time she came out to wrestle or to sing. So, you know, wasn't that job done? The main focus of wrestling is to entertain. And that spot was checked off. So guys, the polls are back. Let's just jump right in. I asked, did Gillian deserve better? With 59 votes, 79% said yes, and I agree. You know, I've covered my thoughts. What did you think? Well, at Ken199219 said absolutely, especially when she finally won the Divas title, only to drop it to Melina immediately. Plus, I hated Melina for it for ages because she killed Alicia Fox's run too, right when she was dominating the division. 
interesting, similar thoughts. I then asked, did Gillian deserve a proper title reign? Again, 79% of you voted yes. Well, at J-S-N-M-R-R-R-L-L said yes. And no, because she holds a record and is an icon. Well, I agree. And yes, she is an icon, but I personally would have loved to have seen her with one meaningful reign, or at least a second reign, to achieve this. Lastly, I asked, should Gillian have had a WWE Women's Championship reign? Meaning, obviously, earlier in her career when the title was around. This was close. 43% said no, 57% said yes. I would have liked to have seen this happen. At Shoddy92 said, she's more remembered than wrestlers that were champions. That speaks for itself. And I agree. I like that concept. I do. And at Raps Holy Trinity said in 2008, yes. Between all three of these voting polls, I had over 120 votes. Just incredible. Now, to close out, I always ask, should this woman be inducted into the Hall of Fame? Or I adapt the question in some way or another. I think the top and bottom of it is, Gillian, sadly, I can't see ever entering the Hall of Fame. That's not to say she doesn't deserve it. There are many factors involved. We have to remember, Gillian was part of the Divas era. There wasn't a fraction of the opportunities that the women get today. Gillian was a champion, but owned the shortest reign and was a gimmick act for most of her career. Having said that, I would love to see her enter the Hall of Fame. She truly deserves it. She sang her own theme song. I mean, how many divas get to sing their own theme song? Lillian sang for Tori, but Gillian's efforts were fantastic. She released a successful Christmas album on iTunes, which, by the way, reached number 20 in the UK Top 100 Holiday Chart. She was Divas Champion. She had five incredible years on the roster, competed on many of the biggest premium live events, had many roles within the company, and... You know, she re well, she returned for the, the Raw reunion. She was part of the Royal Rumble. For me, she changed the trajectory. She was so underrated. She came to do a job. She was a natural heel and she played the part. I want to showcase and remind each and every one of you just how good Gillian was, how slept on she was as a talent. She was so different from the other girls. She was the entertainment in the Divas era. From the start from the mall to the singing to the diva's title the whole run so yes i think jillian is deserving and i would love to see melina induct jillian into the hall of fame so guys that's it already the end of this episode but the beginning of season three if you enjoyed this episode please send me a screenshot and tag me in it over on x i'm at slee underscore ryan you can find jillian over on x and instagram let's get this content noticed Please do me the honor, dropkick, superman punch, however you want to do it, slap that follow button to make sure you never miss another episode. I'll be back next time with episode two for season three, um, or in total, I think episode 24, I think it is, where I'll celebrate the career of the first roller skating diva, Cherry, and I have a little surprise in store for that episode, so be sure to check it out. Thanks again for listening. It's it's great to be back and I'll see you on the next installment of They Made Their Way to the Ring. Ding, ding, ding.